very warm welcome to Momentum Moments. It's Alistair Body here from Momentum Broker Solutions. I'm the Business Development Director here. Today, I'm very, very pleased to be joined by Gavin McLaren and Dan Nixon from Clearview Credit. A very warm welcome to you both. Hello. Hi, Mon. So, Gavin, tell us, you've had a, an extensive uh, career in insurance and made the move in 2014 to start Clearview Credit. Tell me a little bit about that journey. Yes, I mean, it's been a uh... Mainly a fun journey, a few bumps in the road. Uh, I worked for a national, ran their national team, um, very corporate. One day I woke up and decided I just didn't want to work for the big corporates anymore. Um, The thing that seemed to be missing out of the whole equation was looking after the clients. So in 2014, I decided to go alone and start Clearview Credit. And with the help of Momentum, was able to get up and trading very quickly uh, with FCA regulation, which was brilliant, and start to build a portfolio working on the ethics and the USPs we have as a business. Um, And nearly 10 years later, here we are. Daniel, you joined nearly seven years ago, or or can we actually say seven years now? Yeah, 2016, um, joined Gavin and uh, never looked back. Previous to that, worked in a number of uh, credit insurance brokers uh, around the country and uh, started out working for an underwriter many, many years ago. And Kevin, you know, you, you talked about service and support for your clients and, and giving them the love and attention that you think they deserve. I mean, was there a defining moment when you thought working for the corporate world just isn't fit for purpose for yourself and that you thought, well, you know what, there's got to be better out there for me? Oh, definitely. I mean, it got to the point where the client was an inconvenient byproduct to the revenue line. Um, you know, and it was just almost like a bulldozer sweeping up lots of companies and just chucking them into a hopper and going, right, the small t- small business team can deal with them because they're all small and they don't spend enough money. So why bother looking, giving them a better service? And at that point, I thought, Do you know, this is where I exit. The whole point of being a broker is to give quality product, quality service, quality advice um and be as much as possible a business partner to your client not just stack them high price them cheap and don't really care what the outcome is the insurance broking uh, market has changed dramatically in the last 10 years and, and and probably trying to find that solution back then probably would have been a lot but easier said than done no doubt yes and no um going back a number of years ago we didn't have those many underwriters so your actual choices available were more limited and you had to be somewhat more uh, imaginative to um, put a square peg into a round hole to find a solution. Uh, now there is a substantial number of underwriters writing credit, comparatively speaking. Nothing is um, grandiose or as large as the general insurance side, but there's nearly, for every client requirement, most of the time there's an insurer that has a product that will meet it now. So in a lot of ways, it's easier now, but for far wider spread. And Daniel, with yourself, I mean, you've worked for uh, what I would say is some of the larger provincial brokers, um, making the dis- decision to move to what I would say is more of a boutique broker and working with Gavin might have, must have been an, an, an interesting ch- a shock in regards to the culture side of things. Yes, it was. Um, but like Gavin says, being able to really give the love and care and attention to all our clients is, um, yeah, was a real motivating factor and, um, yeah, working for ourselves. And then you obviously joined seven years ago and, and, and the business has grown from strength to strength then, hasn't it, Gavin? So um, I think, was it five or six staff you got now? 
Yeah, we're up to six now. So, uh, yes, almost a proper business. Almost a proper business. <laughs> I like that. And the business has gone through a bit of a purple patch at the moment. You were saying when we caught up about a month or so ago in the office, um, you, you seem to be seeing some great growth. What, what's driving that? Is it just simply the, the, the bigger team being able to support you doing what you do best? Or is, is the economic conditions that the, the, the UK economy is going through at the moment also having a factor? Yeah, I would say a combination of the two. Um, there has obviously been some black clouds on the horizon, which unfortunately are getting closer with regard to the UK economy and the global economy, come to that, uh, where people are looking to get cover. Uh, also means lots of people have got insurance at the moment because credit insurance is a voluntary product. It's not mandatory. Are deciding to retain the credit insurance at renewal because they don't know what the future brings. So our retention rates are good at the moment. So that's lovely. Um, and on the new business side, we see quite a lot of business generated through the corporate finance, uh, commercial finance world, where a bank or a funder would like to lend a customer money, but they want to make sure that money is insured. And hence, we get um, a lot of uh, introductions from the finance world to that point. And there was an absolute crescendo January to April of this year of business. Um, we were basically putting away one or two deals a week, which for, as you were saying, a small boutique is quite amazing. Um, we beat the whole of last year's new business target in the first three and a half months of this year. Fabulous. So it's an indication of the need for the insurance to support business financing and to give business confidence to trade as well. Um, how? I mean, do you like, want to add anything more to that, Dan? Yeah, the retention rates are very, very good. And uh, uh, a lot of the uh, banks that we're dealing with have their own internal facility, but they're coming outside of their own facility um, and getting us to bro broker the entire market as well. Um, and we're finding a lot, lot higher levels of cover available to them. And I suppose thinking about your client relationships, I mean, both being directors and owners of uh, Clearview Credit, do you find that actually being able to speak business owner to business owner actually helps you relating to the client's needs and, and have a slightly different take on things? I definitely do. I mean, working for national and international brokers over my career, you never really had to worry about money. You know, sort of a bill came in and you just sent it to Treasury and they sorted it out. Uh, <clears throat> and when you run your own business, I mean, cash flow is absolute lifeblood and you you've been waxing lyrically for decades to ensure as well you must be careful with your cash flow and you must be careful you know to ensure that you retain as much money as possible um and it's just words on a sheet until you actually run your own business and you're going my god you're <laughs> um i didn't realize quite how important this was until you do start your own business um so yes relating to clients is um, yeah, there's a further degree, a further level of understanding than I had before, that's for sure. And how does that feel for you, Dan? I mean, you uh, you moved into the full director position last year. Um, has that certainly helped you with your conversations that you're having with your clients? Yeah, no, definitely kind of now that involved the ins and outs of the entire running of the business. So, yeah, when, when I sit in front of uh, an MD of a business, I can understand what they go through on a day-to-day -day basis. And, um, yeah, I can relate to to running of those businesses, which is uh, really useful. And we talked before about service and um, and, and, and providing the customers the, the love and attention they quite clearly desire. But um, what else makes your business different, Dan? Well, with the, with the growth of the team, um, we've been able to put lots of different uh, systems in place. So rather than just broken the market, setting up 
um, the policy and leaving them to it. We have very much systems in place, so we're ongoing support for the client. So whether that's making sure we're applying for credit limits on their behalf, we're sorting out all the claims on their behalf, um, quarterly calls that go into them, making sure they're happy with all aspects of the policy, um, and then all the way through to the renewal of the policy and setting up meetings and reviewing the market on their behalf uh, on an annual basis. So, um, so it's not just setting up the policy and walking away. It's um, it's it's ongoing support throughout throughout the policy period. And I suppose bringing that into your uh, world, uh, Gavin. I mean, when you set the business up, is this what you envisaged it looking like? And in, in regards to how you support your clients? Oh, very much so. I mean, um, the mantra was early on. It doesn't matter the size of the client, the quality of the service should always remain the same. You have smaller clients who have quite complex needs. You have some big clients that have some quite simple needs. Um, so you very much have to ensure that your delivery is 100% um, templated to the client's need and their requirements. So we don't, unlike other insurers, we don't have a small, medium and large we don't say, sorry, that's too small for us. Um, we take every client on and look after them all exactly the same. If you're a Clearview client, you get a Clearview service. It's as simple as that. So there is probably no such thing as a typical client for you, really. There are a number of clients that fall into the same industry sector. Yep. For instance, we do a fair amount with the temporary recruitment excuse me, temporary recruitment agency industry. Um, it's one of those industries that needs credit insurance and is a very high purchaser of the product. Most temporary recruitment agents will be paying all their staff weekly, but they'll be billing their customers monthly. So they're always out of pocket from a cash flow point of view. And if the customer end customer did go bust, the recruitment agency would sustain a huge loss. They still have to pay their staff. Um, and so they usually take out credit insurance to protect themselves from that point of view. And they normally use the benefits of that credit insurance to support their financing with their bank to support the cash flow element. So we have a lot of recruitment agents. So we're quite au fait with how generally they do business. We have some at you know, two man band and half a million turnover. We have others that employ hundreds of people and tens and tens and tens of millions of turnover so we have a very broad range of clients in that sector and going back to what i said before the interesting thing is yes they all basically do the same thing as a delivery but the way they do it is all completely different and so that's why we can't say we know recruitment come to us bish bash here's a template done where would you like to put your money sir each and every time we need to drill down and find how they run their business to make sure we can deliver what they need. Yeah, what's your take, Dan? As well as recruitment, there's um, all sorts of sectors, but there is a lot in construction, uh, print, paper, and yeah, a few, few other sectors. So yeah, it's a, it's a broad range, but there are certain sectors that really crop up all the time. And Gavin, you know, 10 years, no, nearly 10 years in, into uh, the world of running your own insurance brokerage. Yeah, what, what, what are the, some of the lessons you've learned on that on, in the last 10 years? Uh, why didn't I do it 20 years ago? <laughs> okay. Probably the first one. Um, it is a frightening leap of faith 
but if you've got the confidence and the ability and the networks and the support, including support from Momentum, which has been fabulous, there's no reason why you can't. If you can succeed in a corporate world, which, to be fair, is mainly off the back of your own hard work. Um, and yeah, your own client relationships. And your own client relationships. Do it for yourself. It can be tough. Um, I would say getting a larger war chest when you start, if you can. Um, whatever you guess how much it's going to cost you just to live, because remember, the second the corporate tap turns off, you have to earn enough money to put food on the table, roof over the head, before you look at... You know, 10 years ago, I wasn't thinking about staff. I was just thinking about paying the bills every month when I first started. And my guesstimates of how much it was going to cost and how quickly money was going to come in on my successes, I was being a little too optimistic. Classic salesman, I'm afraid. Um, so, yes, there were some yeah interesting times early on when things did squeak a bit uh, financially. Um so I'd say if anybody's going to take this jump, and I do recommend they do, if they've got faith in themselves, go for it. Just have a further look at how much the startup and when you think you're going to earn. I would, if I was doing this all over again, I would probably budget not to earn a penny for nine months and therefore find some form of support for that nine months. Um, I was probably working on three very optimistically and, as I said, got a, as I said, a little interesting at times. It's a wise bit of advice from somebody who does credit insurance knowing about cash is king, yeah? <laughs> yes, yes. The irony of it. <laughs> Excellent. And I suppose thinking back to the business plan when you first set it up, other than probably the, the financials and the and the speed the money was going to come in, you know, how does the business look like or does it look compared to what you envisaged from the point of view of what the plan said from day one? My plan was always to have a very specialist boutique although I don't think we called it a boutique in those days. I never wanted a team of 30 or 40 people. I didn't want to be going to that quasi-regional, corporate-type world again. I wanted to have a team of six to nine people um, very much focused on the clients, looking after them, making money, of course. We have to do that. Uh, and doing a good job and being remunerated well for it. And I suppose now there's six of us, I'm sort of two-thirds of the way there. You did say six to nine, didn't you? But yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep, so entry-level, entry-level. But, uh, but no, it has grown. It's one of the... No, it's a, it's been one of those overnight successes that's taken nearly 10 years. And look, you've done incredibly well. Well done. Um, Daniel, you know, making the shift from a, from a corporate-type business into a... Well, we're now calling it a boutique if, uh, with Gavin's consent. Um, brokerage, um, you know, you comfortable with what that looked like or, or did it take a little bit of a while to get used to, um, you know, have, having a few heads in the office as opposed to many heads? Yeah, no, it's uh, it's taken some uh, some change and definitely sort of scary starting out with sort of empty filing cabinets and um, growing the business. But um, yeah, it's, it's worked out really well and um, the growth is going really well. Um, but yeah, it's a far cry from uh, where I used to be um, many years ago. And thinking about how you approach and, and deal with your clients now, because um, you've got, we you know, ultimately the decisions and the business are made between the two of you, aren't they? So you get on with doing what you need to do. But does that change how you deal with a client from, from that first meeting um, in regards to how you engage with them and how you come up with a solution oh massively um there is there is none of the processing of a corporate i understand if you've got a multinational there's certain rules you have to follow before you can exit enter into conversations um 
we can move and have moved very quickly because we're a small team but we're very focused a client requirement or a new business inquiry comes in we can look at it speak to a client and get it to the market the same day which i don't think most of the times the big corporates can purely because of their compliance and machinery requirements so yes we're far lighter afoot uh, but can deliver the same the same solution as any other broker out there majority of brokers insurance brokers in the uk are what i would say is generalists um, some do have the specialisms in regards to credit insurance but um you know all you do is 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 credit insurance why did you sort of end up specializing in that credit insurance space gavin and, and how does that make you different from the generalists I started um, with a possibly an even more specialist area. Um, well, to be fair, to start with, I started in motor insurance, which you can't get much further afield from what we're doing these days. And there was an opportunity with the broker I worked for who had a specialist team doing export credit insurance, which is even more involved. Um, and I thought that sounded a bit more interesting than third-party foreign theft on a Ford Cortina. So I thought I'd give it a go. Um, so... In my early 20s, I sort of moved across the other side of the corridor at the brokerage I was working for and started learning about ensuring the risks uh, for UK engineering companies building power stations in India and all this sort of thing. So quite huge, great stuff, very complex. I was uh, just uh, just the the the, um, the runner at the bottom of the list, you know, running around with paperwork and faxes and God knows what. But actually, went, I'm absolutely fascinated by this and spent a lot of time I said, in a very, very exclusive bubble of big contract overseas export credit works. Um, and that then gave me sort of the skill base and knowledge to then go into a more domestic credit insurance into the UK market and other bits and pieces. Also, as the market was opening up where we only had one insurer that did export credit insurance, and that was it. All of a sudden, we had six, seven, eight. They were also doing cover in the UK. So I was lucky as I was sort of coming, my career was starting, the market opened, and we suddenly had six, seven, eight insurers. So it was a bit of a voyage of discovery. And because of the breadth of opportunity that we could provide different clients with different covers is how I sort of fell into this sort of niche. And thinking about your your community that you network with whether it be business whether it be personal sort of things how important is it that is that for you in regards to growing your business and 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 building the relationships and and helping your clients i think no dan and i i can speak for both of us here it is absolutely essential um we receive on average four or five inquiries a week uh none of which are solicited uh, we get inquiries due to our networking, as Darren was saying, with banks and other financial institutions, accountants, lawyers, business advisors, other insurance brokers. And so um, we never know quite what inquiry we're going to get next. But I would say out of our total portfolio of clients, 75% plus were generated by our professional networks and people we know. Um, and the important thing there, in a similar way to retaining a client uh, with networks, is that they've got confidence they want to use you again or use your name again. Um, so every case is essential to us and incredibly important because everybody only remembers the last deal that you do. And um, you drop the ball, it can be quite difficult to pick it back up again. 
Dan, anything to add on that? Yeah, no, it's it's vitally important, the the network. Uh, we've got introducers all over the country um, in lots of different establishments and, um, yeah, that we've built up over the last sort of 10 plus years. Um, so, yeah, it's vital. And and vast majority of our, our clients have a bank attached to their credit insurance policy. An interesting one is being a boutique business, you know, you're going to have a lot of the answers in-house, Gavin, but there will all be things... Uh, that you know you might not need might not know or you might need some advice or help with um where would you go to get some support with that sort of stuff oh as i said i mean i've been in this industry far too long and scenarios still come up where i haven't come across them before um so a it's great to have dan to bounce things off uh having sophie although not from a credit perspective but from an insurance underwriter point of view is a great um, additional uh, area of reference. Um, and also our friends and colleagues in the credit insurance market. I can pick up the phone and speak to a number of underwriters off the record and go, hi, Bill, I've got an interesting one here. I know I haven't seen this before. What do you recommend? And we can actually discuss um, in a very secure environment. We never disclose the name of the client whilst having these conversations. Of right, what can we build and what can we cover from here? Because it's not a standard product at all, and hopefully come up with a bespoke solution to meet someone's needs, and then we put that on the list of things we can do as we're then experts in it, of course. Absolutely. Well, you're not a magician. You can normally come up with a solution for most most scenarios. Yes, I mean there are certain things where uh, there's just uninsurable. There's a very fine line between financial risk and speculative risk. Um, and sometimes it just crosses over that line and becomes something you just cannot place. But uh, wherever possible, we do our best to find a solution. Excellent. And Dan, do you personally think that credit insurance is a bit of a neglected purchase? Is it something where there's just simply a lack of understanding from whether it be just general insurance brokers or even from the, the wider business community? Yeah, I, I think so, especially on the from the maybe the general insurance uh, market, and that's why we're there to support um, other brokers, and we're constantly in contact with other brokers, um, and they introduce their clients to us, and we can hold their hands through through the process uh, rather than them the, the the broker having to look after it. The, the both of you mentioned earlier about specific industries that. Uh, um... A, a more regular purchase of credit insurance at the moment, particularly recruitment. What other industries at the moment are you seeing a, a bigger uptake in credit insurance? We're seeing a crossroads, as Dan mentioned earlier, construction-related. Um, there is a very heavy, a very heavy level of claims in the construction industry at the moment. Overall, um, we're getting a lot of inquiries um, from sort of subcontractors and building uh, material manufacturers. Um, so that's an area that is definitely growing, um, although it can be difficult to place as the insurers are getting a lot more picky on what they want to cover. Uh, we've got manufacturing in general, uh, quite a lot of that. We're doing quite a bit in the freight forwarding sector. Um, we have a vehicle manufacturer, and uh, tier ones and tier twos to vehicle manufacturers. Um, and so we have, as I said, a very broad brush. We deal with clients in the precious metal industry um, through to the timber industry. So, yes, there's a very wide brush of uh, clients. Uh, the main area is 
if your client is selling business to business and they're selling either services or goods on credit, they have a credit risk. So where we can't help is if they're selling to the general public, we can't help there. So there's a lot of consumer business out there that wouldn't be appropriate to us. Um, but the suppliers to those consumer businesses would be of interest to us. So it just has to be business to business and on credit. And there is an awful lot of, there's a, they reckon there is in the region of about 45 to 50% of GDP of the UK revolves around trade transactions on a business to business basis. So there's lots of potential clients out there. There's high levels of uh, insolvency in the construction, uh, but also retail as well. Um, so there's, uh, although we haven't got a huge number of clients in the, the retail sector, um, that yeah, it's an area that people are often looking for high levels of cover um, in that set in the markets. And uh, Gavin, you touched on uh, the motor world. Um, I'm looking at a picture of you behind you. You head there with um, a, a car. You, you like a bit of motor racing yourself, don't you? Yes, I do. I do like speed. Uh, so I do the British Hill Climb Championship, which is basically little uh, single-seater racing cars racing up, to all intents and purposes, a country lane uphill. Um, and uh, yeah, travel up and down the country competing in that. Um, I don't think I'm coming home with a trophy in the in the near future, but I, I like to keep the forerunner, the, the front runners honest, if nothing else. As long as you enjoy it. So tell me, Gavin, how how, how quick do you get that thing up up uh, the hills? Um, it will probably get to about 110 miles an hour in about 120 meters. Um, so it accelerates very very quickly, um, and most of the courses are between 1,000 meters and 1,500 meters. But the track, it will be. Pfft, two and a half, maybe three metres wide. So um, it's quite uh, quite focused. I was going to say, it doesn't leave much room for error, does it? No. <laughs> and uh, Dan, you're, you're a big football fan. Yeah, no, I've, uh, we support uh, Wolverhampton Wanderers. Uh, my son is sport mad, so I spend a lot of time either standing at the side of a football pitch at a weekend or uh, going with him to watch the, the Wolves. Um, so yeah, a lot of fun. Well, look, thank you very much, gentlemen. It's been an absolute pleasure spending some time with you. Um, I, I really, really uh, do thank you on behalf of all our listeners and uh, look forward to catching up with you both uh, sometime in the very near future. Well, thank you very much, Lee Dallas. It's been great to speak to you. Thank you very much.